0: This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert.
1: It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching today, and may I encourage you to continue to watch as we will be discussing the Christian's mind. What kind of a mind should we have? How should we think about things that are of a spiritual nature? We want to talk about that for just a few minutes on our telecast today. Now, for those of you who may be watching today for the very first time, permit me to make mention of the fact that we offer a free Bible correspondence course. And I would like to emphasize that it is free And this is something you can study in the privacy of your home. In order that you might know more about the course and in order that you might know how you can receive the course, let's pause for just a moment.
0: To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail. And it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to know your Bible, post office box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call toll free
1: 1-877-711-5214. I want to read now from Philippians the 2nd chapter beginning at verse 1. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, But made of himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. Four times in these few verses, the Apostle Paul uses the word mind. Notice, for example, in verse 2, fulfill my joy by being like Minded, be like minded. And in that same verse, being of one accord, of one mind. And then notice in the third verse, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Lowliness of mind. And then verse five, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So these are things of which we ought to be mindful. If you were to take the entire book of Philippians, there are four things that are suggested to us in this little short book of which every Christian ought to be mindful. For example, if we look in the first chapter, we should have the gospel mind. Now, notice verse 5. Now, let me go back to verse 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with all joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day unto now. Paul was thankful for the fellowship these people had with him in the preaching of the gospel. If you study over in the fourth chapter, you learn that they had supported Paul in the preaching of the gospel. So here Paul was thankful for their fellowship in the preaching of the gospel. Then in the seventh verse he said, Just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel... You are partakers with me of grace. So here he talks about the confirmation of the gospel. According to Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, the gospel was confirmed by signs, miracles, and wonders done by the apostles. That is, when they did these signs and wonders, that confirmed that the message that they were delivering in an oral way was a true message. And that message is now written down for us in what we call the Bible. And it has been confirmed. And once it has been confirmed, there is absolutely no need to have it confirmed again. And so we, Paul was thankful for their fellowship in the gospel He talked about the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Now notice verse number 12. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened unto me actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. When Paul made that statement, Paul was in prison. And yet Paul said, I want you to know what happened to me has turned out for the furtherance of the gospel or for the advancement of the gospel. Whatever happens to us in life can be used for the advancing of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want you to notice verse number 17. But but the latter out of love, that is, if you go back to the 16th verse, he said some were preaching from selfish ambition, and some and out of love. He said the latter out of love knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. If you were to read that passage out of the King James Version, it says, I am set for the defense of the gospel. And at all times, should we be prepared to defend the gospel. The gospel needs to be defended against perversion. It needs to be defended against misrepresentation. The gospel must be defended. And so Paul said, I am to set for the defense of the gospel. Now I want you to notice verse 27 only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. In other words, I want to, you to know that the way that you live should be in harmony with or in keeping with the claims of the gospel let your conduct be worthy of the gospel or be as it becomes the gospel of Christ. The way that a Christian lives should be in harmony with the gospel. Then he goes on in verse 27 and he says that uh, whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. So we're to strive together for the faith of the gospel. We need to be sure that we are striving for the faith of the gospel. We had better be certain that we are not striving for our own opinions that we're not striving for some man-made tradition. Let us be certain that as we strive for the gospel, that we're striving for the true gospel, the pure gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we think about the mind of the Christian, what we learn in chapter 1 is that we ought to be gospel-minded. Gospel-minded. We need people today who are thinking more about the gospel and the preaching of the gospel to a lost and dying world. Now turn to chapter 2 in the book of Philippians and we find here the humble mind. We ought to be a, a, have a mind of humility. Notice, for example, in verse number, uh, number 3, let nothing be do, done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. We are to possess that lowly mind. And there are some examples in this chapter of those that had that type of an attitude, that type of mind. The first illustration that is given is that of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice verse 5. Let this mind be in you. What mind? That lowliness of mind which was also in Christ Jesus. He had that lowliness of mind. He had a mind of humility. And what did he do? Who being in the form of do- God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Jesus was equal with God in heaven. But he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But well, what did he do? Well, notice in the very next verse, but he made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bond servant, and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. And Jesus did come into the world as a man. John 1.14 says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So he's talking about having this lowliness of mind. And he uses Jesus Christ as an illustration of one who had that lowly mind. He wasn't a proud, arrogant, obstinate individual. Jesus was clothed with humility. He humbled himself. And he came into this world in humility, in the form of a servant. He humbled himself unto death, even to the point of dying upon the cross of Calvary. And we're to have the same mind of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus Christ came to be a servant of mankind. He became a servant of the whole human race. And we're to have that kind of mind. What kind of a mind do you have today? The the mind that so many people have is that of a, they have a self-seeking mind. They have an attitude where they're looking out for number one. They're looking out for themselves. Or they're proud, they're arrogant. But you see, that's not the kind of a mind the Christian has. The Christian has the humble mind. But then he uses another illustration to talk about the type of a mind that a Christian ought to have. And he's talking about Timothy. If you'll notice in verse 19, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded, like-minded, who will sincerely care for your state. In other words, I don't have any other person who has the right attitude, that has the mind of, uh, and thinks about you as I think about you other than Timothy. Timothy. Now notice verse 21, how others were thinking. For, for all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. Isn't it sad that some people are seeking just for themselves? They're, they're, they're more interested in themselves than there are the cause of Christ. They're more interested in, in themselves and, and filling up their coffers, filling up their pockets that, than they are doing what God would have them to do. You see, we need to have that kind of a mind, the same kind of a mind that Timothy had. He had the same kind of mind that Paul had. Paul tried to have the same kind of mind that Jesus had. And Paul said we need to have that lowliness of mind. Let me tell you the end result of, of not having that kind of a mind. In Proverbs, the 16th chapter and verse 18, The Bible says that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So the way up is down and the way down is to be lifted up with pride. But then another illustration of this lowliness of mind is a fellow worker by the name of Epaphroditus. Notice verse 25. Paul in the fourth verse said, I trust in the Lord that I shall come shortly. But he said, yet I considered it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, they were in the same family, fellow worker, they were involved in the same work, and fellow soldier, they were enlisted in the same army, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need, since he was longing for you all. In other words, Epaphroditus longed for them and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. Epaphroditus had been sick. You know, Paul could perform miracles. But he did not always perform miracles when people were sick. Because if, if he did, why did he not heal Epaphroditus? But now go on to the next verse. For indeed he was sick, almost unto death. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. In other words, he recovered. And then verse 28, Therefore I send him the more eagerly, that when you see him again you may rejoice, and I may be less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such men in esteem. Now, Notice verse 30, please. Because for the work of Christ... He came close to death, not regarding his life, to supply what was lacking in your service toward me. Here's a man who was thinking more about other people than he was himself. Isn't that what the apostle said that we should do? Each of you, not just looking at your own interests, but also the interests of others. Now the reverse is so true in so many places and instances today where people are looking out for their own interest rather than the interest of others. But that's not possessing that lowliness of mind. What kind of a mind should a Christian have? Well, we ought to have the gospel mind. And a Christian should also have that humble mind. We ought to have that lowliness of mind. But let's look to the third chapter and there we find something else about the Christian's mind and the Christian should have a progressive mind. Now when I use the word progressive today, I'm not talking about a person who goes beyond what God has revealed in the Bible. I'm talking about an individual who makes progress in the living of the Christian life. They're not content to sit still they're not content just to, be, uh, to maintain the status quo, but they want to make progress as a Christian. And that's the kind of a mind that Paul had. Paul was willing to, to give up what he had in order to make that kind of progress. I want you to notice verse number 7. But well, what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Earlier in this chapter... Paul had enumerated some of the advantages that he had had in the Jewish faith. Why, for example, in verse 5, he said, He was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He was a blue blood. And concerning the law, he said, I was a Pharisee. And he said, concerning zeal, I was persecuting the church. And concerning righteousness in the law, he said, I was blameless. All of those things I had on going for me. But Paul said, What things were gained to me, I gave them up for Jesus. Now listen to verse 8. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss, for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I might gain Christ. Paul was willing to give up all the advantages that he had. He was willing to give up things that people would uh, have considered to be extremely valuable to them, but he gave those things up. Why? He said, I gave them up that I might win Jesus Christ, that I might know Jesus Christ. Paul was not content just to sit still. I want you to notice in the 12th verse, he said, not that I have already attained or already perfected, but I press on. Are you pressing on? He said, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. And then he says in verse 13, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, But one thing I do, Paul was a specialist. Paul zeroed in on one thing at the time. He said, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature have this mind. There's that word mind again. Paul had that progressive mind. And he was moving forward in the living of the Christian life. In all probability, I'm speaking to someone right now who is a Christian, and yet you have not made progress in the living of the Christian life. You've not studied the Bible as you should. You've not prayed as you should. You may not even attend worship as you should. You may not be living a life of progress in the living of the Christian life. The kind of a mind that we ought to have is that of a progressive mind where we're moving forward in the living of the Christian life and not standing still. Now we come to the fourth chapter. And the fourth chapter of Philippians, of all these little four chapters in this little book, is my favorite one. Because, you see, the fourth chapter tells us about the happy mind. We're to have the gospel mind, the lowly mind. We're to have the progressive mind. But a Christian is to have the happy mind. Now look at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. I guess Paul did not think we would get it the first time. So he said, I want to tell you again, rejoice. Paul is telling us how to live a life of rejoicing, how to have that happy mind. Notice verse 4 Rejoice in the Lord. But friend, you cannot rejoice in the Lord unless you are in the Lord. And to be in the Lord, you must believe. Repent of your sins, and as a believer in Jesus Christ, a penitent believer in Jesus Christ, you must confess your faith in Him and be baptized into Christ, and that will make you a new creature in Jesus Christ. Look in Romans the sixth chapter, verses three and four. Know you not that so many of us, as we're baptized into Christ, we're baptized into His death. Therefore, we are buried with Him. Baptism is a burial in water. Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism into death. And like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So we are died of sin. We're buried with Christ in the watery grave called baptism. And we'll rise to walk in the newness of life. And we then can rejoice in the Lord. Let me give you an example of a man who did just that. We call him the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. He had been to Jerusalem to worship. He was on his way home. And Philip the evangelist came to the chariot side of this man and he preached unto him Jesus, Acts eight thirty-five. The man said, Here is water. Why can't I be baptized? Philip said, He can if you believe. And the man said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So they, the chariot was, came to a halt. They went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and, and Philip baptized the eunuch. Now the Bible says in Acts 8, when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called Philip of the way that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Can I ask you why did that man go on his way rejoicing? Because now he was in Christ. Now he is a Christian. Now he is in the body of Christ. Now he is a member of the church for which the Lord Jesus Christ shed His blood. Rejoice, Paul said, in the Lord. But you cannot rejoice in the Lord if you're not in the Lord. And he gives us several things in this little chapter that helps us to know to rejoice. First of all, we ought to pray about everything. That's in verse number 6. We ought to be content with what we have. That's in verse 11. But in verse 13, in order that we might live that life of rejoicing and have that happy mind, we have to come to the point in our lives that we trust Jesus Christ completely. Let me read verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in Christ. Once you become a Christian, you can have that happy mind the happiest people that I know are Christians. And it is a sad thing to know there are people that could be like that. And they could have that spirit of rejoicing in their lives. But they've never given their lives to Jesus Christ. May I encourage you to have that Christian mind, become a Christian, and all of these things, all of these blessings can be yours. I want to invite you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And also, may I encourage you right now, pick up the telephone without hesitation and call right now for the free Bible correspondence course. Don't hesitate. Do it right now. We have thousands of people all over the world that are studying this Bible course. We want you to have it. Now, I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you, is my fervent prayer.